it's Lo. Hi, I'm Haley, and, and we, we are, are Wrestling, wrestling Wine Town. What a week of wrestling, and we're covering it all, from Raw to SmackDown to NXT and, of course, AEW. And as always, our word on the street. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. The WWE draft is over and it was quite a journey. I know that you had some strong feelings about the way that they did this. What was your opinion on it? I don't like how they did this draft. I remember when the draft used to be a huge deal and it gave you like excitement. You didn't know who would be drafted and... I feel like this time it wasn't as exciting. There's still people that are free agents, which is odd to me. A bunch of people. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that are free agents, we expected to be drafted way before that. They were doing like rounds this time of drafting, which is odd to me. It kind of came across as they were trying to do something similar to like an NBA draft or an NFL draft, and it just didn't work out. I think WWE really needs to go back to how the drafts used to be in the 2000s, early, you know, 2010, 2011, where it was interesting. People watched a match, and it wasn't just like this random match they threw together. It had some type of flow to it, whether the two superstars had history before or they just meshed well together. We have people that were drafted to Raw. We have people that were drafted to SmackDown. No one was drafted up from NXT. Well, one thing that I definitely thought was weird was when they did the shots of the draft room from USA and Fox. Right. Fox looked so professional. They were all like, yes, this is perfect. And then USA looked like a hot mess. And I don't know if they were like trying to show something through that, but just how the people in the room were reacting, it was so strange. Yeah. I think it could be because they, you know, they're trying to put Fox as this big, grand company because SmackDown just landed on their broadcast. Meanwhile, USA has had Raw and different shows for a while now, including like the different reality shows and stuff. But at the same time, you know, I feel like that wasn't a great representation. It kind of came across as Fox is better than USA. And that's not the case. We see USA has garnered success from keeping Raw on their network for however long now. I don't really understand why they did that. Can you tell us a little bit more about who was drafted? Because to be quite honest with you, I can't keep up. And I still don't understand if these free agents, if they're going to be on Raw and SmackDown, if they're just going to be in catering. Yeah, so Raw got three picks for every two picks that SmackDown got. See, I don't like that. It was just because they were saying... (laughs) Because the show was longer, so they needed more superstars. But, you know, who knows? So Raw got 24 men, while SmackDown got 16. The Raw side includes Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Ricochet, Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, Andrade with Selena Vega, Rusev, and a bunch of others. On the SmackDown side, they got Brock Lesnar, which they were very excited about. They got Shinsuke Nakamura with Sami Zayn. They got Roman Reigns, The Fiend Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, and Kofi Kingston, as well as some others. For the women's side, Raw got Becky Lynch, Natalia, Charlotte Flair, Selena Vega, The Kabuki Warriors, and Liv Morgan. And SmackDown got Bayley, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Lacey Evans, Tamina, and Carmella. 
this draft was also weird because tag teams could either be separated or they could be drafted together, which is unheard of in a WWE draft. We've seen tag teams split up in the drafts before because they haven't been drafted together. But Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss got drafted together. The Kabuki Warriors got drafted together. The New Day got drafted together. I don't know why they did it that way, but I'm going to see what happens. I'm optimistic. I think... It is a little bit weird because superstars were drafted back to the same brand they were already on. So usually if they're untouched, it's like, okay, they just weren't drafted. That's how it used to be. It wasn't like, okay, Seth Rollins is actually on Raw and he's been on Raw for the last, what, four or five years or however long. I don't know. I'll remain optimistic, but I hope that they go back to the style that they used to do with the draft. Because mm-hmm. even on the shows this week, they were making fun of The Miz for being like a fifth round pick. Which is just so weird. They were like, I was drafted in round three when you were drafted in round five or six or something like that. Like the rounds are weird. Yeah, it used to be. It used to be if you weren't drafted on television, you would be on the WWE.com draft, the aftermath, and people didn't like the whole online thing because it Mm -hmm. didn't spotlight who was being drafted after the fact. I think the rounds were confusing, and I think a lot of people just weren't into the style that they presented this year. So we'll see if they keep the style in the future, if they'll go back to what they did before. Another shocking moment last week that had a lot of people talking was the haircut, the inflatable buddy. She's new. Yes. She is spicy. She is sassy. She is all of the above. Bailey is not messing around. She's tired of people, and I'm here for it. I thought that she would mollywop those inflatable buddies weeks ago months ago and she didn't and she did it this time and i'm like thank god (laughs) how do you feel about this new and improved bailey i like it on miss tv when she was talking on the show this week she was saying how she was just tired of people using her and she was always there for hugs and like pretty much just she was stepped on right this new bailey is not going to be stepped on this new bailey she's brand new She is fierce, and she is down to do whatever it will take for her to get to the top. We saw six members of the new SmackDown Women's Division face off for an opportunity to go against Bayley for her Women's Championship. We saw Carmella, Nikki Cross, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. This was a great match. You honestly didn't know who was going to win. Sonya Deville had her moments. So did Carmella, Lacey Evans, as well as Dana Brooke. Nikki Cross ended up picking up the win, which I thought was interesting because during the draft, they made a huge deal about drafting her and Alexa Bliss together to Raw, mm-hmm. and then they got drafted back to SmackDown. And now Nikki Cross ended up winning this match as a singles competitor. Very so, odd. But one thing before this match was Dana Brooke came out, and she was saying how she was tired of being like underutilized and overlooked. Amen. And it kind of made me feel bad for her, because she was like, tonight's my night that I'm going to change that. Dana and Brooke has think- been saying that every time she's had a match for a shot well, I mean, at the women's she title. she doesn't get that many it's matches. It's sad. I really thought Carmella was going to pick up the win here because as we saw in the draft, her and R-Truth are no longer on the same roster. So I thought maybe they would give her her chance to shine, but we'll see how this Nikki Cross thing goes. You know what this might mean? Hmm. Your wish might come true and they might have some character development maybe. in the 24-7 title. It's possible. Let's hope. <laughs> 
We also had some women's division action in AEW this week. Rio had her first title defense against Dr. Britt Baker. I thought this match had started out really slow, but it started to speed up. The commentators made a point to say that these two have been tag team partners before, so they do know how to mesh well together. But Rio ended up retaining her title. Britt Baker was obviously really upset that she didn't get the victory here, but I really think that Britt Baker has a style that some people would see in NXT compared to AEW, which is kind of odd to say, but she has that mold of being an NXT superstar. Like, when I look at her, I think she should be on NXT. And fun fact, she has appeared on NXT before, but she didn't sign a contract. I think she was out with injury when they were going to sign her, and they ended up not signing her. Speaking of NXT, we saw a women's match, uh, Io Shirai versus Kaden Carter. This match was actually pretty good. It was fast-paced, which different than AEW, but the thing that like brought it the step above, in my opinion, was how Io Shirai can just fly off of things. She is so good. She, so good. The, like double backflips, like it's just insane what she can do. Shirai ended up picking up the win, by pinfall after the match Io Shirai grabbed the microphone and added her name to the title picture she said that she should be next against Shayna Baszler Rhea Ripley did not like that she came out there got in her face told her to keep her name out of her mouth (laughs) and it was an intense moment like I said before I think that Rhea Ripley or Bianca Belair should be going against Shayna Baszler for the title and I'm glad to see it's actually happening but I think any of these women should go against Shayna Baszler. I think all three of them are very talented, and any of them could take this title off of Shayna Baszler. But Bianca Belair, I still think it should be her, and I'm going to keep that thought because she is just so talented, and she's just been pushing it, pushing for a title shot, and she hasn't given up. And I like the perseverance. I think that she has the character development to be a champion. I'm not saying the other two don't. But Rhea Ripley just got on the NXT roster. Yoshirai's had her time on the roster. She's done some great character development in the last six months. But Bianca Belair has stood the test of time. Her character hasn't changed. She's just gotten better. Put the title on Bianca Belair. Point blank, period. (laughs) She would be a great title holder. A great face for NXT. Another match we saw this week that was pretty good was Tommaso Ciampa versus versus Angel Garza. This was... Tommaso Ciampa's first match back after having his next surgery, which we thought he was going to be out for at least a year. He came back in seven months, and he ended up picking up the win against Angel Garza. If you remember from last week on NXT, Angel Garza got on the interview mic with Kathy Kelly and was talking and talking when she was trying to just interview Tommaso. And Tommaso ended up hitting him, of course, and Angel Garza took offense to that, and they ended up having this match, and I think this was a great match for Tommaso Ciampa to come back on because he made a name for himself. Yeah, I agree. And I think this whole development with him and Adam Cole and having Finn Balor involved, I'm just really excited for it. I think it's something fresh and new. And with a little addition from Johnny Gargano, he had an interview this week, and they asked him how he feels about Tommaso Ciampa being back with their long story history and he was like you know I don't know how to feel once I see him face to face then I'll know so it's kind of adding in some little like personal things so I mm-hmm. feel like Johnny Gargano might be involved eventually in that but who knows either way I'm along for the ride at 10 out of 10 I do recommend this I love it after the match we saw the Undisputed Era come out and give the commentators a USB drive and 
okay the commentators were a little extra they were like anything could be on this what and i was like <laughs> rolling my eyes anyway it had video of the undisputed era laying out velveteen dream backstage he was just passed out and they basically just gave a message to anyone who else wants to get in their way last week we saw a hilarious segment where velveteen dream came out and interrupted the undisputed era and he showed that picture that we had on our twitter before of Roderick strong laying on a couch with his NXT North American Championship draped across Mm -hmm. his private parts. And Velveteen Dream said that Velveteen Dream made a comment about how Roderick Strong just doesn't measure up. So he removed the championship belt and photoshopped it. And of course, (laughs) use your imagination. Roderick Strong was pissed and they really took offense to that. And that's why they took out Velveteen Dream. It also sent a message to Finn Balor and... Tommaso Ciampa, that if you do mess with Adam Cole or any member of the Undisputed Era, you're going to get your ass kicked. But I don't think these two really care at this point, and they really want that NXT title. Yeah, so we saw William Regal come out and say that Velveteen Dream is out for the next week, maybe even longer. In result of that, we saw a number one contender's North American title match. It was Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. This was... Actually, a really good match, in my opinion. It was everything that... We needed it more. Exactly. So these two men were trying to beat each other because whoever wins got to fight Roderick Strong the next week. And Roderick Strong was not having that. He did not want this to happen. So he actually came out there and ended the match in a no contest. Karma is a... And... William Regal announced that next week it will be... Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic versus Roderick Strong for the North American title. And a triple threat. Yes. This is going to be so good. Yes. I just hope that it doesn't end in a no contest because someone interrupts or whatever the fact. I just want it to be a clean match and we'll see what happens. I think NXT is undisputed right now mm. and it's what I predicted, but... I think with the return of Tommaso Ciampa and Finn Balor, which we did not expect, right. and all these other superstars that are just vying for the individual titles as well as the NXT tag team titles, I'm just excited. I love NXT. There's a lot of great talent in NXT right now, and it seems like they're actually utilizing it well. There was a great tag team championship tournament match on AEW this week. We saw SCU go against the best friends, and this match actually started off a little bit crazy. SCU had picked Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels as their choices to go against the best friends, and while they were walking down to the ring, we saw the Lucha Bros attack them from behind, and Daniels was so injured that he couldn't compete in the match, and they threw up the X, which insinuates that he was seriously injured so they took him out on the stretcher and we see Scorpio Sky who was the third member of SCU come out he wrapped his fist up with the tape out of the trainer's bag and said put me in the match and he competed in dress pants this man he is our MVP of the week okay amazing they ended up winning this match and he threw his shoes into the crowd he was just excited and someone threw the shoe back which is very kind but They ended up picking up the win for this match, and I think a lot of people were predicting that they wouldn't win, seeing as the match started off really rough. And Kazarian was injured, but he wasn't as injured as Daniels was, and the best friends definitely took advantage of that. We really saw them focus on his back, which was injured during this beatdown before the beginning of the match, but I'm glad that they picked up this win. I'm glad that Scorpio Sky is involved. I just wonder, are they going to put Christopher Daniels back into this tag team 
championship competition or if they're going to leave him out and still have Scorpio Sky compete because the crowd, honey, they were behind him because he was like the hero of the day. And that's why he is our MVP of the week. I know we don't have that title on this show, but we are putting it down for him. One moment that does not deserve an MVP title for the week is... This whole development with Chad Gable, he faced off against Curtis Axel this week and he picked up the win with the ankle lock. After the match, he has this come to Jesus moment with Caleb Braxton saying that his name change was not him running from his insecurities. He's embracing that he's short. How short is he? Like, can we pull up a stat on that? Like, how short is Chad Gable? Chad Gable is 5'8". He's not that short. Oh, my God. So I don't know why they're going after his height. But anyways, so he rebrands himself. They've been calling him Shorty Gable, which made me roll my eyes. But now he is known as Shorty G. I hate it. I hate it. How are they going to... I saw one person say, like, how are you going to market this? Is Shorty G going to be up on a marquee? No. This is honestly bull****. He needs to have some self-respect. WWE needs to respect him. His name is not Shorty Gable. It's so annoying. I honestly don't like this because Chad Gable is a former Olympian. So it's not like he's just some random guy off the street that has no accomplishments before wrestling in WWE. Maybe this is like a temporary thing. They're just trying to see how it goes. It sounds like we're going to I Love the 90s concert with Tone Locke and Coolio and Shorty G's opening up the show. (laughs) It's not good. Please, WWE, if you do anything right, just... Let this name go. Change it back to Chad Gable. Let's get back on track. Let's keep it pushing. We can just forget this ever happened. We need to. They don't even need to, like, address it. Like, oh, he's Chad Gable. Just to make it happen. So we saw something terrifying again on Raw this week. Very somber voice. The Firefly Funhouse has been destroyed. Seth Rollins made his way all the way up the treehouse or wherever this scary place is. And... Went after not The Fiend, but actually Bray Wyatt. And Bray Wyatt was a totally different character. He was like, why are you doing this to me? Like, don't hurt me. And then, like, everyone was screaming, all of his, like, little characters. And it was so creepy. Bray Wyatt just kept saying, like, this place protects us. And then it all went up in flames. I've been reading some rumors online and supposedly with the move to Fox They don't really like the whole concept of the Firefly Funhouse. They feel like it's not family friendly, which we knew that since day one. And they just, they don't like it. That's the rumor. That's what I've seen. I really think maybe it should have been thought about before they moved to Fox then, if that were the case. I really feel like this Bray Wyatt character with The Fiend could really keep going. Maybe Fox doesn't like it, or maybe this is just some rumor that the internet created. But I see it as his house was burnt down. And... He's going to resurrect himself, and he's going to be even scarier, even more pissed, even more vile now, because Seth Rollins has destroyed something that means so much to him. I think we're going to see another layer of this character that's more intense. So I don't see it coming to an end, and I hope it doesn't. I think it's such a good sell with the audience, and they love it. They love seeing the different segments and the different characters involved. Let's keep it going, but let's not have another disqualification in a Hell of a Cell match. I think that's all we really want. We just want clear winners. And I hope that what you're saying does happen, where he's like a whole new, better character. A whole new world. (laughs) Because the greatest thing about him right now is he doesn't even have to be like physically in the show for him to make an impact. Exactly. He can be in the funhouse, being creepy as heck, 
up there doing whatever and still be having an impact on the show. So I hope that that doesn't change. We saw an amazing tag team match. To wrap everything up, we saw an amazing tag team match on AEW Dynamite this week. Hangman, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega teamed up to go against Pac and John Moxley. These are definitely two of the most intense rivals in AEW right now, and it was a lot of back and forth. Pac was very angry at the beginning of the match. He was like, I don't even need a tag team partner. He didn't want to be bothered with John Moxley, but they ended up having a great match, and... Hangman Adam Page and Omega picked up the win against Pac and Moxley. Page ended up getting the win. He pinned Pac, and this ruined Pac's record, his win-loss record in AEW, which is going to make him even more mad. But great match. I think these competitors are so great together, and I definitely see these two rivalries continuing on. I don't see it stopping anytime soon. And one final thing before we head into our word on the street, there was a great promo this week from Cody Rhodes, who is set to face off against Chris Jericho at AEW Full Gear in November. It was an interesting promo. I love the way that AEW does their promos. We saw Cody in his kitchen and Brandy comes up and she's talking about all these different appearances that they have when they go to L.A., And you kind of see Cody Rhodes get lost in, like, this fog. He's concentrated on something else. And then they have his mother in the promo. They have MJF. And they have Diamond Dallas Page who are talking about Cody is not just focused on this title match. He is still involved in the behind the scenes with AEW. So it's not just, you know, him thinking about the title. That's all that Chris Jericho has to focus on. Cody has meetings before the championship match, leading up to it, days before, days after. You know, he has a lot of stuff on his mind to the point where he can't really concentrate. But I think both of these competitors, mind you, they've had their history in WWE. They've had their success there. I think it's going to be a really good match. And I'm looking forward to full gear. We'll see if Cody's able to pick up his first AEW championship or if, or if Chris Jericho's going to keep drinking a little bit more of the bubbly with his <laughs> AEW championship. We'll see. So now let's get into our word on the street. There's actually a lot going on this week. So let's start off with Eric Bischoff potential firing. Oh, girl, he was fired. So <laughs> out of there. Eric Bischoff was the executive director of SmackDown this had been announced in July, so it's only been a couple months. He was informed by Human Resources on Tuesday morning following a creative meeting that his services were no longer needed. Mm. He was future endeavored. Imagine being told that. That's sad, and he's had a history in WWE. He was replaced effective immediately by Bruce Prichard, who has also had a history in WWE. He's best known for his time in WCW, and he has history with the whole quote-unquote war when Nitro was involved with Monday Night Raw going head-to-head. And I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't keep Bischoff to any extent. Well, what they're saying is the blue brand from week one to week two lost nearly a million (gasps) viewers. And so, I mean, I see why they were just like, goodbye. Yeah, but we see how big of a deal that WWE made for that Fox premiere. They brought yeah. in The Rock. They had they went overboard. And they should have expected that they were going to lose some viewers that second week. But a million viewers is a lot. And yeah. I definitely don't think he should have been axed completely. I don't I think there's more to the story that is coming out. Definitely. He he could have still been a producer. It's weird. I'm sure we'll get the story sooner or later. Another superstar who is done with the WWE is Mike Kanellis, which, shocking, kind of shocking, I don't really know. But, like, the way that they're using his character, like, just tragic. 
Mike Kanellis announced on Monday via social media that he had asked for his release from WWE. He thanked everyone in the company who helped him and who he shared his the locker room with. Quote, unquote, I've been with the company for almost three years, and I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity. However, it is time for me to move on. I'm only 34 years old and feel I have way too much left in the tank. Working one day a week is just not going to cut it for me. I came to WWE to work, and that opportunity does not exist right now. I re-signed with the company back in June because I thought it was what was best for my family, and maybe from a financial standpoint it was. But I quickly realized that bringing my work frustrations and misery home with me is not good for my family, and I no longer want my daughter to constantly see me come home defeated, sad, and angry. It's not fair to her or my wife. And then he wraps his statement up by saying that, I want to feel the love and excitement wrestling once gave me. I also want my daughter to be able to see me wrestle. I want her to see her daddy work for his money. I've never been okay with just collecting a paycheck, and I can't in good conscience tell my daughter she has to work her ass off to get ahead of life than not do it myself. I think his statement was great, and I agree with everything mm-hmm. he said. And my one question after I read this was, was Maria leaving? Maria made it clear that she has not requested her release. She's pregnant. She is pregnant, so, so I mean, she's going to go on maternity leave soon. I wonder if she's going to come back. I don't think she is because I feel like now she has two babies and her husband isn't in WWE anymore. Unless they somehow make her a deal and follow through on that deal, that's the main point. They yeah. follow through on whatever they're offering her. That's the only way she's going to stay. But my big question is her storyline right now is her being pregnant. And she didn't really have a big storyline previous to this. Right. She was with Mike. Right. So I don't know what they would use her for, like what storyline they would fit her into. Well, I don't know if you've seen recently, but Mickey James is injured and she's been doing commentary. So maybe they could loop Maria in on that and put her in commentary. But I think it's safe to say that Maria is not as experienced as Mickey James. Mickey James is able to sit on the commentary table and really tell you everything that's happening maria might be able to but she doesn't have the same experience and the same championship title reigns and everything that comes with that as much as mickey james has so i don't know maybe she could be a producer i'm always saying people can be producers but she's really one of the only females left on the roster that was around for the divas time and saw the progression of the women from being divas to being actual superstars and how they get the longer matches now and the character development I just wish her the best, and I'm glad that Mike was able to request his release, and I hope that they fulfill his release. If he's not happy within the company, and we've seen this before, hopefully he's able to go somewhere else, whether it be AEW or New Japan Bro Wrestling, and be able to wrestle as much as he wants to and be able to connect with the crowds and wrestle all over the world, like you said. For our final story, we saw WWE backstage finally air and what a show, so that's Renee Young's new home. It sure is, and she made an impact on her first night on her new show. So so on the show, they had Christian Page, Booker T, and Renee Young, and they start reading this tweet about Young botched her commentary of a stunner, which either Stone Cold did it or Kevin Owens did it, which in turn proves that she's bad at her job. So Renee cut this amazing promo. She said that she's never called a Stone Cold match. She never called a Kevin Owens match. So the Twitter user's criticism is invalid. Then she said, she got that Fox money now. (laughs) Yes, girl, you get your money. Collect your bag. Okay, don't let these Twitter trolls get you. And Renee, if you somehow are listening, 
we always have a seat available for you to come whine and talk about wrestling with us. Renee, love you, girl. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can find all of our other episodes available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCast. That is at WWDCAST. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What was your favorite part? We upload episodes every Saturday. Until next time, enjoy your wine and, of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers.